All right, everybody. What we have right now is the, uh, I guess, to a degree, the calm after the storm. <laughs> oh, baby, it was a storm. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Welcome into the sportsbook here on 760 WJR. Lots to discuss here in the moments ahead. Meanwhile, oh, it was it was a storm, was it not there, James? I drove back from Ann Arbor because I was there for Channel 4 talking about some Michigan stuff. Right. And, whoa, it came through fast and heavy. I'm on 94, white-knuckling it. Get here. But the clouds have parted, and it's time. While expecting, and you're doing a week. Yeah. It was scary. So there's that. Yeah. But I made it. You did. Um, I was coming down 96. It was probably six-ish. And I don't get rattled all that easily with weather, whether it be storms of rain or snow or what have you. And this wind was relentless, and it is coming down. So I get off on West Grand Boulevard, making my way down to the blowtorch here, and the wind is just increasing. So I'm to the point. (laughs) I'm I'm looking around. What? What is it? (laughs) For... Any semblance of a funnel cloud. I know. And that's how bad it got. I know. There were like leaves circling in this wind. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. And you just don't know because I've never seen an active tornado in this great state or anywhere for that matter. So, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, you and yours are fine. At last count uh, between DTE and Consumers Energy, some 200,000. Uh, without power. So um, hang in there. If you got the old transistor out, thank you very much for tuning in. Um, And quickly, before we talk about the Lions in the preseason finale yesterday, uh, you're doing a week. Mm -hmm. Yes. Everything is good. Yes. This is like our final show for a little bit while I figure out how to take care of a baby. You had to, you had to mention that I'm going to (laughs) weep. Uh, but you and Hobby Ryan are ready. Yeah, you know, it's been a long time. <laughs> well, time. you broke the news to the group, the sportsbook group, uh, while we at were... At the beautiful Soaring Eagle at Casino At Soaring Resort. Eagle. Yeah, thank you to them once again for making this show possible. And that was outstanding news. And that was just about six months ago. National championship game. Yeah. yeah. And uh, here we are. See, and the interesting thing is, they don't let you go too long. Right. If you haven't delivered, yeah. Yeah. they'll take care of that for you. Yeah. So I'll let, you'll know if you don't see me on TV this weekend <laughs> that something has gone down. Yeah, you're supposed to be on duty at Channel 4, uh, what, Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Yeah. Supposed to be. Supposed to be. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I can't believe it. Okay. All the best. It's Thank so you. very exciting. Uh, Nick Roddy, our esteemed producer, he is absent this evening. He's got things going on. He's a busy fellow. Blake is here. Yes, sir. I am here. What's Very happening? Excited. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited for Jamie. Isn't I'm it excited something? for the show? Yay. I'm just yeah. excited for everything. Were you excited for Nebraska Northwestern? I was very excited Honestly, for Nebraska yeah. Northwestern. I love you know me, Steve. I live and die for college football. I know you. So do. I'm. Just, this is the best time of the year for me. And uh, yeah, I was very excited 
that Nebraska could do Nebraska things on Saturday. Nebraska gonna Nebraska. It was beautiful. <laughs> 11 point lead. Eh, you know, don't worry about it. We'll figure out a way. I Hold did my stay beer. up late and watch Hawaii Vanderbilt until about two in the morning. Oh, wow. And I watched that entire game. Well, you, you know, you're in full uh, swing right now. Yes. It's your triumphant time of the year. Lad. It is. It's the best. Now, listen, this whole Scott Frost thing, uh, have you ever seen such a ballyhooed hire? <laughs> because the Cornhusker folk, they were doing backflips, one of their own, right? coming back. And as far as losing one-score games, that's what Nebraska football is all about. They should put it on a sweatshirt. <laughs> And do you see how many people in red were over in Dublin, Ireland? Like, oh, yeah. This fan base is rabid. They want to win. And somehow, 11-point lead was nothing. And it was just another very nice excuse to get out of Nebraska. What? What? Huh? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, college football is underway. More on that in a minute. All right. Your Detroit Lions at Heinz Field. I'm right. still calling it that. Me too. Let's just go with it. You betcha. In Pittsburgh, they uh, fall to the Steelers 19-9. to Yes, it was the preseason finale. And I think, and we'll find out in episode four of Hard Knocks tomorrow night, uh, Dan Campbell had to be a little disappointed with what he saw. He had the number one offensive group out there uh, with Tim Boyle uh, at the QB position. Jared Goff did not go. Uh, and taking a look at Twitter yesterday, if you're Jared Goff, you got to be feeling pretty darn good because of how many people miss the hell out of you. You know, Jared Goff had a rough go of it, you know, in the beginning here, and now he's got to feel people love him now. He is the uh, the savior. Uh, Tim Boyle uh, gets the start, and, you know, up for grabs is this backup quarterback position with the Lions going into this season. Tim Boyle did not represent himself very well at all. Five of 15. He was supposed to play the first half. Half. He was out by the second quarter. Threw the pick early second quarter, and they said, okay, I think we've seen enough. Uh, Why? Because your rating is like 19.8. I think you get that for showing up. Uh, David Blau, meanwhile, he had a golden opportunity to seize the moment. 17 of 32, 160 yards, through the touchdown flick to Quintess Cephas. Not even a pass. Just a little flick uh, late. Uh, his rating, 77.6. I think his stats are a little misleading, like 17 to 32, 160 yards, but 110 of those yards were in the final quarter when who's even in there at that point? Yeah, well, um, he also uh, fumbled a snap. Again, so he yeah. has some trouble protecting the football. So there's a little trend developing there. Now, listen, I think if you're Dan Campbell, offensive coordinator Ben Johnson, you're taking a look at this situation going into the season like this has the potential of being a real issue. How did they not? I mean, I'm, I don't know. I'm not behind closed doors. But how do you not know that already? Well, I think, uh, you know, Dan Campbell was was pretty much under the impression we're going to give these dudes a chance right. to make a statement, and they didn't. Remember, in last week's exciting episode, we were talking about the rumor that Mason Rudolph was in the cards to become a lion. 
Yesterday, he saw abbreviated action, but he was 0 for 3. His rating was 39.6. As it stands right now, he'd fit right in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I heard a rumor or whatever, people talking in Pittsburgh, that they might carry three because that offensive line is so bad for the Steelers that there could be injuries to quarterback. You know, I was never a fan. I think I've said as much on this very program. You know, there was some thought that maybe Baker Mayfield would yeah, end up in Detroit. But he's all set where he went. Yeah, he's in Carolina, and I was never in favor of that. But after watching Blau and Boyle, yeah, I am, kind of. I know it's too late. Well, and then I was listening to Sports Talk Radio this morning, and they're like, make a splash, go get Garoppolo. But Garoppolo just signed a Signed, sealed, and delivered, yeah. yeah. He's uh, going to be a 49er. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was a very uh, disappointing uh, effort by the Lions. Not to mention, I think last week we were talking about, you know, how disciplined the Lions had played uh, through two preseason games as far as penalties go. All that went out the window yesterday. Ten penalties, 89 yards. Not that the Steelers played clean. They had 11 for 95. Right. There were some good moments. Like Aiden Hutchinson combined for a sack. Yep. He caused some problems. That's good for them. Um, Okuda got the starting job. Okuda had a pass breakup to end a drive. So good for them. But, like, eek. That number one offensive line didn't really create many running lanes. Well, as a team, they had over 100 yards rushing once again. And uh, if you're going to hang your hat on something for the dismal offensive performance yesterday, okay, I guess you start there. Justin Jackson, eight carries, 44 yards. Craig Reynolds, six carries, 31 yards. Jamar Jefferson, six carries, 28. But there was a pivotal point in the second quarter. Lions in their own territory, I think that they're 25. Fourth and one, of course. Go for it. The gambler. Yeah. Dan Campbell's going to go for it. What's the adage in football? Same as it ever was. If you don't get a yard you need, you don't deserve to win. And they didn't get it. Right. Also, it's preseason. Like, why not go for it? I don't mind it, but. I, I like the way he called it last year uh, more times than that. Now, as we approach another National Football League season, you know, and you've got analytics coming into play in every sport. There's a lot of analytics to say, go for it in fourth and short. Right. So I don't think Dan Campbell has a problem with that. Depending where you are on the field, sure. I Uh, just feel like the conversations in Allen Park today have to be like, we're number two on that waiver wire. Who's available under center? Who can we get? I don't don't think it's like a lot of big names, but are they better than Boyle and Blau? You could take a walk through Walmart right now and (laughs) maybe find a couple. Ben DiNucci is available. Good old Ben DiNucci. Yes. Uh, I thought Aaron Glenn and the defense represented themselves pretty well yesterday. Yeah. You know, against the Steelers, number one. So, uh, you know, we'll find out what they all have to say again. Hard Knocks, uh, episode four, tomorrow night at 10. This is the emotional one. This is the cuts. Well, yeah, the uh, Lions, as well as the rest of the national football league, have to be down to 53 by 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Now, word has filtered uh, that linebacker Jared Davis trying to hook on with the Lions, a second go-around, not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Khalil Pimpleton, wide receiver out of Central Michigan, it's not going to happen. Spoilers, Steve. You're just spoiling the episode it's right now. It's all over the internet. Spoilers. 
It'll be in the paper tomorrow. <laughs> I kind of, I should have given a spoiler alert. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Um, so, yeah, that's going on. But, you know, Jamie, we were talking before going on tonight that, you know, Dan Campbell, of all coaches who have uh, been in that Lions uh, head coaching office, I'll bet you he just dreads making cuts. I think cuts. he does. A lot of coaches do. It's not fun. And all those guys are former players. They've been through this. They know how tough this is, which is why I don't like on Twitter when people celebrate. So you're celebrating Jared Davis, like, leaving for a second time. I don't like that. It's a it's a person. It's a career. Well, and, you know, now the NFL condensing the preseason to three games. For the longest time, obviously, it was four. Back in the 70s, it was like 12 preseason games that would have been just horrible um but you know at the end of the day you know for the most part who is going to be on the roster come the regular season but you've got guys fighting their you know what's off right to live their nfl dream and dan campbell said he's going to have to cut people who've given their all who've done everything they asked of them and that's tough yeah and also uh dc alluded to the fact unlike last year his first year He's probably going to have to cut people that helped this team last year, mm-hmm. albeit to a three thirteen and one season. But he values that kind of stuff, right? The gritty guys that he's asking for, he's going to have to cut a few. So, all right, the uh, preseason has come and gone. The real deal uh, will begin on September eleventh at beautiful Ford Field. Your Detroit Lions. Uh, welcoming the Philadelphia Eagles to uh, start things off. So looking forward to that. All right, college football in full swing. We'll discuss that. And uh, you better believe before we uh, take off uh, at 8 o'clock, the stuff that went down in Atlanta yesterday, (laughs) the FedEx Cup. I honestly was flipping back and forth between preseason and the golf and sometimes golf won well it was uh it was intense all right we'll talk about that and more leave it here it's the sports book on 760 wjr welcome back to more of the wjr sports book sponsored by soaring eagle casino and resort once again here are steve courtney and jamie edmonds welcome back to the sports book here on 760 wjr now in these parts we are so very excited for, yes, more Spartan football uh, kicks off Friday night. It's become the tradition, you know, with the Spartans uh, Friday night before Labor Day weekend, uh, getting it on at the woodshed, playing host to the Western Michigan Broncos. Yours truly with the tailgate show getting underway at Four Bells. Can't believe it's already here, but I'm beside myself. <laughs> excited i mean under the lights i think they're going to stripe out the stadium they're going to wear all whites it's just fun stuff tuck coming already in his third year last year how about that seven and two in the conference uh would be 11 and two overall including that win over Pitt in the peach bowl and no quarterback controversy in east lansing peyton no. thorne once again taking care of business uh and he's got uh jaden reed Coming back, Keon Coleman, uh, some nice running backs uh, will be in and out. And no, there's the expectation. The defense, yeah. In East Lansing, the questions go toward the defense. Well, last year, it was, uh, not going to deny it, uh, the pass defense at times a bit porous. Um, but I think 
uh, defensive coordinator Scotty Hazleton has got some depth this year, and uh, he's excited. And uh, Xavier Henderson, I think, is going to uh, be one of the great safeties in all of college football this year. So uh, there is reason to be optimistic. Uh, Michigan State, obviously, uh, going in number 15, if you're keeping score at home in the AP Top 25 preseason. And, uh, again, tailgate show getting underway at 4. The kick is at 7. Looking forward to taking my spot on the sidelines during the broadcast with uh, Mr. George Blaha, the Hall of Famer, and Bill Burke. The season, my friends, is here. Now, uh, meanwhile, in Ann Arbor, where you spent uh, All day. some time today before the storm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, expectations as well. And I think uh, in A Squared, one of the biggest questions during the offseason is who the hell's going to start at quarterback? Yeah. And that was it dominated the questions to Harbaugh today in his press conference. And, you know, he, you know, said stuff but didn't say anything, you know. Uh, McNamara game one, McCarthy game two, then maybe they'll decide. Someone asked him if this could go on all season, if it could stretch out longer than game three. He said yes. Then he said that it was biblical. <laughs> he cited Solomon. I didn't yeah. quite get that, but he said it's a process, and it's he says it's a good thing to still have this competition. Now, all right, if you're Cade McNamara and J.J. McCarthy, do you think it's a good thing? No. Don't you want to be the starter? You want to be the dude. That's just the way it is. Um, the quote here uh, from Coach Harbaugh, the one you re- reference, no person. That's biblical. No person knows what the future holds. It's a process, and it's going to be based on performance, but we're not going to withhold any good thing. Both have been tremendous quarterbacks. We think that both are capable of leading our team to a championship. Yeah, okay. So I think they're saying, okay, who's going to step up? Just kind of like in the NFL. But they're both going to step up against Hawaii and Colorado State, and then what will you have, what will you have gleaned by week three? It's a valid point. And, you know, I think uh, Dan Campbell and Ben Johnson, again, were waiting for Mr. Blauer Boyle to step up. Right. And I bet they would take McCarthy or McNamara this Easily. Yeah. Either one. Yeah. Um, you know, there have been in the past in college football, and it's kind of, I think we've kind of moved away from the two-quarterback system yeah. at most D1 schools um, because one's going to be slighted. And then what do you do? At the same time. And how do you keep them in this day and age of transferring? And you stand the risk of dividing a locker room. Cade McNamara was voted by his teammates as a captain. To me, that says they want him to lead them like he did last year to a Big Ten championship. Yeah. Look, I'm not in a position to second-guess Jim Harbaugh for crying out loud. Me neither. Those but, practices are closed. But at the same time, you know, he's been around football a long, long time at the NFL level and certainly with what he's done in Ann Arbor. And if this is what he feels is best for his team, then by golly, he's going to do that. But there is a risk involved mm-hmm. that we've outlined. And again, I think the the biggest one is dividing a locker room because if – Cade McNamara goes out and is efficient and has a little bit of momentum. And then J.J. McCarthy goes out 
and does okay, has a little momentum. Now what? Now the locker room is going to be, well, why don't we just start Cade? Why don't we just start JJ? What's going on here? Where's the cohesion? I don't know. So uh, we'll see how that all plays out. Do you think, though, that it matters because how paper soft their non-con schedule is? They don't have a test until October 1st. Michigan State, honestly. Going to Iowa at night is very, very difficult. I mean, we saw them lose that game a few years ago. Um, But I think as a player, I mean, just – and I'm guessing here, you would know better than me, Steve, but – as a player, they have to know that a decision doesn't really need to be made for a month, at least. Well, you know, I think that as a team, obviously you're looking for good things to happen. Because, look, Michigan's going into this season with a little bit of pressure on their shoulders. They're coming off a hell of a year last year. All right, you knock off Ohio State – You get to the Big Ten championship game, you walk over Iowa, and then things didn't pan out against the eventual national champion Georgia Bulldogs. But With Cade. So then make the other decision. Well, there you go. So, you know, I think from a player's standpoint, you are just looking for cohesion. And I think maybe with a two-quarterback system, you know, things can kind of spiral. Because if he starts hypothetically now, he starts J.J. McCarthy, and J.J. McCarthy has a poor outing. All right, he goes to Cade McNamara. Now what about J.J. McCarthy? Because you might need him again mm-hmm. in the not-too-distant future. I don't know. I just feel like this. In, it's, an, it, it's a non-decision. It's, it's just really weird to me. I just think that these opponents, like, no matter what both guys were going to play, because these, these, at least these first three games are going to be so out of hand anyway. That's my point. On so paper. What are you going to know after these yeah. games? So then, you what do you don't already know? Yeah, and what are you no, going to use true. as a barometer as to who's going to be the guy moving forward? Because both these cats are capable of putting up numbers against the first three opponents. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it, I feel like the decision is going to come down to who plays better against Maryland, because Maryland is getting a little bit of love to be a better team this year. I feel like this has got to be something internal, like to motivate one of them. Like, it's a decision that he's making to motivate the guy he wants to be number one. Or it's like you guys said, he he just doesn't want either of them to transfer. Or that. (laughs) Okay, now, all right, let's put you, you know, football is so emotional, man. And if you're Cade McNamara, and again, you lead Michigan to the first outright Big Ten championship since 2003. You beat Ohio State for the first time in 20 years. And the team's first college football playoff appearance. He threw for 2,576 passing yards, 15 touchdowns, just six interceptions while completing 64.2% of his attempts. So that dude, I guarantee you, is saying to anybody that will listen, my resume should speak to itself. And I was voted captain. Yeah. I think he's saying that to himself privately, but he says all the right things publicly. I'll bet he's saying it at the family dinner. I'll tell you. I mean, Nick Saban has done, like, very similar things. Before Tua, Nick Saban would be doing this exact same thing. Well, but all right. that's before the transfer portal as well. So Yeah, so everything has changed now. Yes. By the way, uh, we were talking about um, Scott Frost and what he's done 
uh, going back to his beloved Cornhuskers. And you know what, Blake? You got some numbers that point something out, and it's not pretty. Yeah, so Scott Frost, after the loss over the weekend, is now 15 at thir- and 30 at Nebraska. Bo Pelini was fired after going 67 and 27. So Frost could win 50 straight and still have a worse record at Nebraska than Bo Pelini did. I've heard this so many times today. Oof. But I'll tell you what. I don't know. You know, when when you hear numbers like that, <laughs> and hypothetically the Cornhuskers lose a couple more one-score games early, oh, does he does he survive? In, no, I think he's in trouble. But we thought last year he was going <laughs> to get the Ziggy. The worst part is, is he's losing these games the exact same way. Like, your special teams are horrible, and your offense can't score even though you're some sort of offensive guru. Hey, was there rumblings that Nebraska was sniffing the Big Sky Conference? Because before the pandemic, I think there was some rumblings of Nebraska with feelers getting back to the Big 12 before all the craziness started. So... After they lose to Northwestern, somebody tweets, uh, Nebraska Big Sky Conference bound. <laughs> and the official. The official account. <laughs> yeah. And the, the offic- conference said, no thanks <laughs> <Right>. or something. <laughs> no, fam, we're good. I think yeah. that was yeah. the direct quote. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> yeah, they're in a bad, bad spot. Once the Big Sky Conference starts dissing you, <laughs> I know something's a, gone horribly that's a great wrong, league, Steve. That's a great league. I know, but they're dissing a former national powerhouse. Yes, I feel bad for the fans. They have so many good fans. And you know, uh, Nebraska is one of the only Big Ten cities I've never been to. Oh, and I've heard that the fans there just could not be nicer. I bet that's true. I, I can't confirm. And uh, a lot of folks compare him to Wisconsin. You ever been to Madison? No, and I heard that's amazing. It is just unreal. You know, many times, you know, walking from where the media would park, you'd got kind of a little walk to the stadium, uh, Camp Randall. And along the way, it's just a dynamic atmosphere. And there's Badger fans, obviously, all over the place. And they're grilling up brats, and they're grilling up burgers, and they're making this and that and the other thing. And uh, you walk by, hey, welcome to Wisconsin. You know, may the best team win, yada, yada, yada. Hey, you want a brat? Yeah. You want a beer? You want see, a- I just like that atmosphere way better than these stupid fights you see in the NFL stadiums. Oh, it's People terrible. punching each other. It, you know, it's just out of control right yeah. now. And, uh, you know, is it going to end? I don't, I don't think so. Because as a, a society, when it comes to... Proper behavior in public places. People we have, have lost our minds. People have forgotten how to act. It's just crazy. So, uh, yeah, Madison was something. And I don't think the guy realized what he was doing offering me a beer. <laughs> <laughs> what did he offer you, bottomless? It was, you know, it was just one of those deals where I'm walking in to do my job. And, it, uh, 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 well, no. One, one couldn't hurt. <laughs> now, that poor guy. If it was after the game, and he offered. You two would be best buds. Oh, (laughs) I I might still be there. Yeah. (laughs) All right, folks, don't go away. Incredible action 
in Atlanta yesterday, and the PGA Tour couldn't have scripted it any better. We'll have that as we continue here with the Sportsbook on 760 WJR. Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook, sponsored by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. Just love watching the uh, Tour Championship FedEx Cup playoffs. I don't know if I if I like the uh, championship format or it's staggered based on how you performed, uh, but I'll tell you what, it was well worth the watch yesterday. Rory McIlroy, six shots behind before the Tour Championship started because of the way it was staggered. Ten shots back after two holes. How about that? Triples the first hole last Thursday. Not looking good. All he does is rally from a six-shot deficit in the final round yesterday against the number one player in the world, closed with a four-under to become the first three-time winner of the FedEx Cup. How about that? What fun that was. What a leaderboard. All these people chasing Scotty Scheffler. These two guys are tied coming up 16. I just loved it. Scotty Scheffler. Again, the number one player in the world who's had a brilliant, brilliant season. Never trailed until the 70th hole. Yeah, it's tough. He was having a tough day. I think he bogeyed four times. Yeah, and you could tell uh, he was sort of out of whack because they had the delay. So he was out earlier, and uh, he birdied four of six holes yesterday morning to finish the storm-delayed third round at 66, and that's how he built the six-shot lead. But, you know, I'm thinking to myself, self, the pressure is unbelievable. No matter how good of a season you had, people are expecting you as the number one player in the world to to close it out. Yeah. I can't imagine $18 million being on my putter and me having to make putts. Well, I played golf Friday with some longtime high school friends. And uh, at the end of the round, I think I collected 35 bucks. So I can certainly relate to Rory. (laughs) You know. I love that, first of all, it was the number one player in the world. It was Rory McIlroy, these two guys who have totally committed to the PGA. It was Justin Thomas on that leaderboard. I I just, I thought it was great, especially with what's going on with Liv. Well, and if you're Jay Monahan, Jamie, um, this was just awesome mm-hmm. because now you've got Rory, you've got Tiger uh, on top of the PGA Tour mountain. And uh, they had the meeting at the BMW, which for some reason Liv is subpoenaing various individuals about that. Okay. Uh, but Rory, in his post-win comments yesterday, kind of took another swipe at Liv. Yeah. Because when they were trying to get their guys into the FedEx Cup playoffs, they said it's the Super Bowl of golf. And then Rory wins, brings his trophy, sits down at the media thing and says, just won the Super Bowl. (laughs) And now we've got some more defectors. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, Cam Smith um, wins the British Open. He's a great player. There's no doubt. Uh, Harold Varner III, Mark Leishman, Anurban Lahiri, are all expected to leave. Uh, Cameron Tringali announced his decision yesterday on Twitter. He's gone. And Joaquin Neiman. Really? Uh, whose manager said the Chilean golfer would discuss 
the options with his father uh, late yesterday. So, you know, uh, it has just certainly got to a point where, you know, what the end game is, I don't know. But, again, Rory yesterday saying that Liv has destroyed professional golf. Is there a formula in the near future where the two can coexist in a harmonious fashion? And he said, I don't think so. I was going to say, I hope so, because the way things are going right now is not great. Well, what's going to go on is a whole lot of litigation. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, you're going to have quite a bit coming up uh, during the offseason. But it's interesting to note that you had those three players that filed suit in California two or three weeks ago to be able to participate in the FedEx Cup playoffs. And the judge said no. Well, that's one thing. And then if the majors come out and say you can't play in our majors unless you're a former champion or something, that could be something that moves the needle. Because what are you doing? What are you playing for? Like, everybody Nothing. was watching this final round of the tour championship. It was awesome. I think Liv was playing something or there's some group thing going on. Like, we don't even know about it. Well, and... You know, the galleries have been very sparse at these live events um, because all it is is an exhibition. And now you've got Liv saying, you know, this new formula, the PGA Tour, is putting together that Rory and Tiger. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're doing that virtual thing, but there's going to be... The Monday night stadium uh, thing. Yeah, whatever the case may be. Uh, they're raising purses and, and, and whatnot. But at the same time, they're going to be taken care of financially to the tune of 500 grand against what you make for some of the non-elite players on tour. So in essence, what the PGA Tour is saying is, look, we want everybody to stay. We're going to make it worth your while one way or another. Right. Um, But they're going to play 72 holes. It's not going to be a 54-hole exhibition with a shotgun start. Right. You're going to play against the best golfers in the world. Now, when you take a look, with all due respect, to the players that I just rattled off here. You know, with the exception of maybe Cam Smith, I think he's one of the uh, yeah, better young and up-and-comers. Uh, no slight to Harold Varner III, Mark Leishman, Anurban Lahiri, uh, Cameron Tringali. Well, yeah, think about who's going over there. People that haven't been at to- a top leaderboards right. in a while. So they're having all this dough put under their noses, and of course it looks good. Yeah. Because their logic is, you know. If I don't make the cut, I don't have any money. I could, right. And I could be on the tour for the next five years, and I won't come anywhere near what Liv is paying me. Right. But at the end of the day, and Tiger pointed this out uh, when he took off on it not that long ago, that you turned your back on what enabled you to get the offer from the Saudis. Mm-hmm. The, you, the one who brung you. What's the saying? You dance with the one. Yeah. yeah, you dance with the one that brought you. And there's a chance that you won't be able to participate in the Masters, an Open Championship, PGA or Championship. World Golf points. To because I don't think that's happening. I don't think World Golf ranking points will come anywhere near live. No, I don't think so either. I, don't, I, I just don't understand how they're going to do that with 54 holes. But, you know, you're right the litigation is going to go crazy 
if they say you can't participate in the Masters. Now, listen, I'm not an antitrust lawyer. I don't care what you've heard about me. (laughs) But I don't know exactly what is in that agreement that you agree to when you become a tour card player. Right, me neither. I don't know the stipulations. Is there and has there always been an addendum as it relates to competitive leagues? My guess would be no, because there hasn't been anything like this. Well, I get the impression that Jay Monahan, who I think is orchestrating something special here, because what Jay Monahan has going on right now, it's us against them. Yeah. That's it. That's all you need to know. Was it Scheffler who gave the cold shoulder to Cam Smith or walked in his yeah. line or something? Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's also the one that when all this was going down and DJ Dustin Johnson took off and, you know, DeShambo took off, uh, he's the one that said, Shambo hasn't been around. I'm not going to miss him. And right. Might miss DJ a little bit, but. And I think everyone's like, bye, Patrick. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. But it was a, a wonderful moment for uh, Rory McElroy. Right. Back to the positive. It was great. I was happy for him, especially with how the Open Championship went down and his putter was sort of letting him down. He can some crazy putts. Oh, he did. And then yes. as he's leaving after he wins he sees scotty scheffler's dad also named scott and he walks up and says i'm sorry and gives him a hug that's sweet how about that the dad was like oh my gosh no congratulations i think scotty scheffler's wife was like congratulations everybody got a hug and uh you know that's something else man so you know where the uh, pga tour uh live saga goes you know i don't know I, i i don't know but i think i agree i think it's very very sad yeah and sometimes when you sell your soul to the devil, then you just have to we'll take the consequences. We'll see when the season ramps up again, when the turn of the year happens and the master starts to, you know, the commercials start. I'll bet you, um, I'll bet you the master says no. I do. T- I, that's what I think, too. My gut right now. And listen, <laughs> you know, they got a lot of dough there for, uh, you know, researching their legal stance. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to be interesting. All right, folks, don't go away. We'll uh, close her down when we continue here on 760 WJR. Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook, sponsored by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. So, Jamie, you spent some time in Ann Arbor on this Monday, and uh, you were out there uh, recently uh, to, well, get the lowdown on Carol Hutchins, the legend, leaving Michigan softball uh, with so much success. 38 seasons, winning as coach in NCAA history. Guess how many wins she has? I know the answer to this. Okay, well, maybe someone driving in their car. Right. 1,707. That's crazy. Uh, won she a never national had championship a losing season. Ever. Yes. Ever. Won a national championship, 22 Big Ten regular season titles. I mean, she's amazing. And she actually graduated from Michigan State. Yeah. Just an odd, odd deal how that works out with that rivalry in mind that, 
she was able to go to Michigan and have the success that she did and um, over such a long period of time. And when you discuss the longevity and never, never a losing season. Yeah, so she had her you know final farewell press conference today, and then they announced her replacement, Bonnie Thole, which is her assistant. And this lady's been there for 29 years. So, I mean, the longevity of this program... And I talked to Carol, and she's just so great. And I said, why now? And she's like, I don't know. I just felt like it was time. And she truly believes it's time for the program to move forward, to get better. And she thinks Bonnie can take it there. So good for you, Carol. Well, all the best to uh, Bonnie, because it doesn't matter if it's sport or just business in general. Uh, When you succeed a legend. Yeah, it's hard. It's very hard. And the adage is to... Not to replace the legend, to replace the replacement. To do your own thing, forge your own path. And that's what Bonnie said in her remarks today. Sure. Um, But, yeah, it's going to be tough after someone's been there for so long. But Bonnie's been there for so long. So it's not like this newcomer coming in. No, and what that's going to help out with is the uh, transition. Uh, Because, you know, she's, she's learned her new job under the best. And the players know her. Yes. It's not like she's coming from a different program or whatnot. Right. So all the best. She said that someone asked her, how long has this been in the works, sort of, that you would take over? She's like, we've been talking about this for about 12 years. 12. 12 years. Yeah. I might and leave next year. She turned down opportunities, gambling on this moment happening for her, and here she is. Very good. Uh, quickly, before we leave, uh, got to talk T-Grace. Do we? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I thought we'd throw something in anyway. <laughs> uh, they're idle tonight. They begin a three-game series with the Seattle Mariners. Uh, that at beautiful Comerica Park, game one, seven ten tomorrow night. Uh, the uh, Tigers have won three of four. And Woo! let's see here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Five of the last seven. How about that? Winning streak. Um, again, good news. Uh, spoke to Double D, Dan Dickerson, uh, earlier in the week. And I think there's, uh, you know, a, a good vibe around there knowing that A.J. Hinch is going to have a play in the new GM. Okay, good. So there's positivity. Riley Green's had, like, a great week. So it's the little things. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's interesting uh, because I think we discussed it. Lynn Henning. Uh, was under the impression via Twitter, nothing but respect for Lynn, um, that whoever the new guy is, that he's going to come in and maybe clean house a little bit, which certainly means another rebuild. Yep, probably. But I think A.J. Hinch is under the impression that there's enough raw talent on this Tiger team that maybe that won't be necessary. Well, I think you have a starting rotation that's pretty good if you can be healthy. And you've got right. some young guys, Torx looking better in the minors, Riley Green. There are pieces. And you know what I've become a big fan of? The Castros. <laughs> you love the Castros. I, I think they're on as ball players for crying out loud. Uh, who was it? Harold had five RBI yesterday. Mm-hmm. And let's see. Where are you, Harold? Look at Harold hitting 286. Look at you, Harold. I see you. 
And that, by the way, is leading the team by far. You got Victor Reyes in limited at-bats hitting 285. You know, now they're going to have, you know, some decisions to make. You know, Jonathan Scope, Jamer Condelario. Right. You know, we'll see. All right. Our uh, time uh, for this episode has come and gone. Now, so very excited I for know. you and Ryan. Thank you. The time has come. Um, so you'll have baby. Yes. And maybe check in via the phone. Yes. When time permits. Yes. When we have a baby and a name, I'll call you. <laughs> All I know is I've had a lot of titles in my life. And nothing beats dad or grandpa. It's it, it's life-changing. I can't wait. Can't wait for the both of you to experience that. Um, Blaker, we'll uh, chat again soon, eh? Yeah, I'll see you this week. Yeah, on the album show come Wednesday. Looking forward to that. Uh, and uh, Nick Roddy, I know he was absent, but uh, put together a, a fine presentation, as always. And uh, last but not least, thank you very much to Soaring Eagle and to you for listening to WJR.